0: Welcome to CruxCast, whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We caught up early today with Glenn Mullen, President and CEO of Golden Valley Mines. They're a holding company and prospect generator. We talked to them about why they've structured the business like this and where the future growth is coming from. Glenn answers uh, that in full. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, the topics discussed and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. club, where You can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. There's commentary from experts from around the world and a variety of companies and commodities, including royalties. Uh, plus, we've also done summaries of interviews, all of our interviews, to save you some time because we know you're busy and you feel like joining a thriving community of investors, sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other, in a nice, friendly, and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling, and abuse. Again, join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You'll really like it. Good morning, Glenn. How are you, sir? Very good, and good day to all of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, where in the world are you? I'm in Northern Quebec. Uh, we're about 600 kilometers north of Montreal in a lovely town called Val the Valley of Gold,
0: um, which is pretty well located for our narrative. It's, it is. We've to one or two people up there already. So, have things, have things been up there? Healthy?
1: Well, it's been an interesting year in many respects, um, not just for our um, urban brethren to the south, but in this part of the world as well. So, when the lockdown first happened, it definitely impacted mining companies, producers, developers, explorers, everything shut down in a, in a moment. And I think we had about five really tough weeks from March to late April of last year. And gradually, this area has emerged as a bit of a bubble, an economic bubble and a health bubble. And because this is where the mines, gold mines mostly, but not exclusively, but because the mines are located here, daily testing is the norm for most of the employees. You have to protect these billion dollar assets. And the last thing anybody would want is an outbreak underground in a gold mine with the ventilation system and so on. And so, a lot of effort has gone into not just the mitigation but protection. And so, that's been a norm. Even though we don't have very many active cases, the consequences are all around us. So, constant reminders. But that said, the price of gold, both in U.S. and Canadian dollars, um, several other factors, the world's economy, the volatility. Many of those things have caused circumstances in this particular little town that uh, have just led to an unprecedented boom.
0: Yeah, it's been good up until recent times. Prices come off a bit, but we'll talk about that in a second. Give us a one minute overview of your business for people new to the story, and I'll, I'll pick it up from there with some questions.
1: Right well the first
0: 15 years
1: Golden Valley was very conventional so we'd raise money we would focus or change our vector into more and more detailed exploration and try to grow our properties through direct expenditures exploration development etc in the last 5 years we've really changed our plan to turn ourselves into a form of holding company a prospect and royalty generator but a holding company that through its own subsidiaries that are also listed uh, controls the exit strategies. So within that, we have a royalties focus. We have two prospect generators, one working in Australia, one working in Canada. So, what wasn't working before that made you change your mind? Dilution. So, the largest shareholders of Golden Valley are the board of directors and management. And that represents about 30% of the total shares. So, for a new company that might not Be so impressive, but for a 20 year old company, that's pretty impressive. In fact, the board has doubled their ownership in the past two years. So, why is it that insiders know or think they know um, something that the general public might not be as aware of? So, we've really focused on our own ownership and trying to help disseminate and remarket the story, preventing dilution.
0: Right. Okay. So, you want to be slightly unconventional in, in, in that sense that so you've, you've, you've spun out of conventional mining into something called prospect generation, which I'm sure you can explain uh, again. We're getting a lot of generalists coming in and into this space from the technology space, etc. You who perhaps aren't as afraid with the vocabulary. So it's always worth kind of um, keeping it simple for folks. And then maybe talk about your view of what type of royalty generation business you are, too. So perhaps you maybe help us with the. The business model as you saw it five years ago, and if that has evolved, give us a sense of what that looks like today. Sure. Well, going back a few years,
1: um, you know, at that time we were working in West Africa, we were working in Central America, we were looking at properties in South America, we were working throughout Canada. So, not just Quebec and Ontario, where we are now, but also Saskatchewan, energy minerals. So as some shareholders outlined for me, that's a bit of ambulance chasing. So Uranium, Gold, Diamonds, uh, different continents and a very small company with a modest Treasury. So what could we really accomplish to the best interest of our shareholders? And so that was when we decided that we wanted to avoid dilution and use our own assets to create subsidiaries that were themselves listed and that Golden Valley controls. So Golden Valley controls the exit strategies and prevents dilution to its own share capital, while its subsidiaries themselves public raise the money
0: and deploy their resources to their assets. You call them subsidiaries. I mean, so what? What is the actual setup? Well, in
1: 2011, we did a plan of arrangement where we spun out three public companies from golden valley one became a royalties focus in quebec and two of them have evolved into prospect generators one working in australia one working in canada exclusively so they were all spun out of golden valley using what were golden valley's properties now the properties belong to the subsidiaries and golden valley has converted its interest into major shareholdings in each one of them
0: right okay so do you have any say in the running of those companies or are you just shareholders? Yes. So
1: in Abitibi royalties, Golden Valley controls just under 45% of the issued shares. And if you actually add the board's personal holdings in that royalties company, the real number is over 50%. So for any transaction to be done on the royalties subsidiary requires Golden Valley support. And those are the types of outcomes that we were seeking. And so, same strategy uh, more speculative with the prospect generators, so they also have Golden Valley as the major shareholder, the largest single individual shareholder, but they themselves have their own boards of directors, management, and Golden Valley acts mostly as a shareholder and provides certain governance support
0: right okay and so, how do you describe yourself today? So, I'm talking to Golden Valley Mines today. How, how do you describe yourself? A holding company with active joint ventures. Holding company with active joint ventures. Okay, and you've seen such steady growth this year. Yeah, yeah you're happy with um, that. I mean, you must be looking at 2020. You've done quite well. Market seems to understand what you're trying to do. Well the past the past 12 months have been uh, quite inspired
1: and so uh, the current market and the volatility the price of gold all of these things have helped helped us as well with respect to our peers so whether it's 2 years or 5 year timelines or even year to date we've done well enough there's certainly room for improvement and that's the area that we're focused on right now in
0: particular certain catalysts that I'm anxious to describe Right, but where do you think that value is coming from? Is it the royalty component, the prospect generator component, or shares thereof?
1: Effectively, all of the value in Golden Valley is represented by our direct shareholdings in the royalty subsidiary, making pretty much every other asset modest to insignificant within the market complex.
0: Right. Okay. So. Do you think you've done anything within Golden Valley in 2020 to actually add any value? Or has it just been sort of sitting back and riding on the coattails of the royalty business? No, we have several active joint ventures. So the joint ventures are arm's
1: length public companies that are earning an interest in Golden Valley's properties by spending funds and, um, depending on the specific circumstances, making cash or equity payments. So those joint ventures are quite significant. And one of them actually evolved into the royalties company. That was one of Golden Valley's original joint ventures that is now a royalty in the largest gold mine in North America, Canadian Malardic. And so uh, the strategy has proved to be quite effective because Golden Valley is not issuing shares. Golden Valley is preventing dilution to its share capital for the benefit of its own shareholders, the largest of whom are the Board of Directors and Quebec government institutions.
0: So how do you guys pay yourself then? Are you just shareholders or are you you picking up salaries and directors fees and that sort of stuff as well? There's
1: only four directors on Golden Valley and there's only one employee and that includes consultants, external assistants, you name it. There's one management contract, which would be myself for Golden Valley as the president CEO. Pretty much the same structure at the Royalties company, Abitibi Royalties, one full-time employee, that would be Ian Ball, the President, CEO. Uh, We're pretty lean. Yes, I do get my salary, but the only other fees that Golden Valley pays are listings, legal and audit. So we don't contribute to the joint ventures. The joint venture partner is responsible for the heavy financial lifting. Golden Valley gets the free ride and ultimately, If these transactions are successful, the joint ventures, you don't have to find a mine for it to be successful. Success for me is defined as vesting. If I can find an arm's length public company who vests in our agreement and is therefore responsible for all the costs going forward, leaving Golden Valley with free carried interest or royalties, then that's a success in our our world.
0: Okay, so what else are you going to be doing for your money in 2021, I mean, how you, how, where's the growth component come from? You can't just be looking at the the royalty and the, and the prospect generation. What, what are the plans that you've got lined up? But the royalty company has
1: grown so quickly that it has certainly had the most significant impact on Golden Valley's trading. So effectively, it has risen from a thirty cent original listing price to twenty four, twenty five dollars Canadian over the past few weeks. And so, and in terms of market cap, that's effectively from zero to in the range of 300 million Canadian. And so, it's done very well because that is really an echo or a manifestation of the results that were reported by the operators Agnica Weagle and Yamana Gold at the Canadian Mallardic Gold Mine. So, if you're going to own a single asset and it's a royalty, it doesn't hurt if it's a royalty in the largest gold mine in North America. So ours is a pure, uncapped three percent NSR, um, and that's quite valuable given that most of the forward-looking growth from the Canadian Malartic appears to be within our property. So,
0: okay, we'll talk about that. How many gold equivalent ounces in you know resource reserves at at, at Malartic do you have a royalty over?
1: I would never say that in a public forum because the operator, and I'm the qualified person for Golden Valley. Um, so that requires way too many assumptions and reliance on third party documentation. But the answer, the direct answer to your question is in the range of five and a half million ounces
0: today. Directly aligned to your royalty, the royalty that you have on it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, and so back to the original question, which is, that, that's, a, that's, that's a benefit to a decision that you guys took previously. What are you doing going forward in terms of this, this company? What else are you going to do to kind of drive that forward? Because it's, it's been the beneficiary of some good decisions that you've made previously. Is, is that you done now or do you say, well, no, I want more of that. Here's how I'm going to go about creating that. How, how are you going to tell that story in the market? Right, so no, we're
1: not sitting on our hands now or laurels and you know counting the uh, the benefits that have already been accrued from Molardic. Far from it. So the prospect generators, their raison d'être is very much to duplicate that success or triplicate that success in Australia, in Canada, and the search continues globally. So. You know, for the past five, six years, we've actually been shopping. We've been looking at properties and royalties in Central America, South America, throughout Canada and USA, of course. Um, we've looked at a number of projects in Africa as well, some difficult places, some fairly progressive places. But we haven't found anything that comes close to the 3% royalty that we hold in Millardic. Haven't found anything else that really makes my heart beat. So in the interim, we continue our grassroots prospecting, trying to find joint venture partners, arm's length joint venture partners, who spend their money in our properties, giving us the free ride and creating more royalties in our properties. So these royalties weren't purchased from prospectors and they weren't purchased from mining companies we didn't get them by streaming financing agreements we created these royalties as prospectors do we staked the property we developed the property we found joint joint venture partners to take them forward retaining free carried interests and in royalties
0: okay I mean the it the relationship between all of these these companies is how do you profile? You say it's quite simple, easy to understand, or is it, is it complex? Because um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to understand what the sort of tax liability situation is when different companies uh, do different things, and what the implications are on the rest of the. Well, group. Golden
1: Valley isn't really doing
0: uh,
1: a whole lot. It's more of the classic holding company with active joint ventures. So it's the arm's length public companies that have to spend their money in our property. And Golden Valley ends up with some consideration out of that, usually cash or shares. Um, And separate from that, Golden Valley continues to exert its influence as a shareholder through its other related entities or subsidiaries. They were all spun out of Golden Valley. So I use that term liberally, subsidiary. They're not really subsidiaries in that we don't control all of them so the australian subsidiary we own 13% of 13 is not control the quebec and ontario prospect generator we actually do own approximately 40% of the issued shares and when you add the board and management you get closer to 50 and so we do have an influence on the type of exploration where the projects are which projects how they're operated who the management are etc and I don't think there's much confusion between a royalties company that owns a royalty in a Gold mine and prospect generators that are staking claims, doing grassroots, conventional exploration in different jurisdictions, Australia and Canada. So
0: I should invest in one or two of your companies, but not all of them, too much much correlation between them. Could be problematic for me.
1: If Australia is your flavour, there wouldn't be much point in looking at Valdor Mining Corporation because our mandate is exclusively eastern Canada Quebec Ontario Abitibi Greenstone Belt and so on if your mandate is eastern Canada or Canadian gold exploration then conversely it doesn't make much sense to be looking at the Australian subsidiary so personal um, Perspective, I suppose, and uh, read on the market, forward-looking. Those are all important influences. And the royalties company certainly has its own shareholder demographics. So that's really changed with the growth in the amount of resources and reserves that have grown from the Millardic project. And so a lot of our shareholders now are not at all the shareholders that would have been attracted to the speculative, most junior
0: companies in our in our world right okay so given the kind of dependence on on the success so far on the on the Abitibi royalty company um, and that your significant shareholding there, what would you like to see it doing going forward um again, I get the malartic component, but again growth requires you know movement change. so what are they doing about that Well I think the
1: the thought is is this for any transaction to be done at Malartic on the Abitibi Royalties property, it requires the support of Golden Valley Mines, so effectively both companies. And Since Golden Valley controls Abitibi Royalties, I would expect there would be some sort of a reward, premium, for shareholders having been patient, in particular because Golden Valley actually trades at a discount compared to the sum of its parts. Just the value of the equity that we hold in Abitibi Royalties is greater than our own market cap. So effectively, my job is to eliminate that gap, to make it go to zero, how? or to see that Golden Valley is rewarded for how? controlling the. How are you going
0: to you do know, that? that? How are you going to do that? I mean, it's, it, it's an obvious statement, but how are you going to do that? Do that? Well, as Abitibi Royalties has moved. Into the
1: center of the stage, together with Osisco Gold Royalties, owning these royalties in the largest gold mine, the interest has also ramped up over the past five years. Five years ago, we owned a property beside a gold mine. Now we own a key part of the gold mine. And so the recent announcement by the operators, Agnico and Yamana, that they're spending 1.7 billion Canadian to develop the underground is gratifying for our shareholders because much of that will be specifically on our own property. So the interest has been commensurate with that. So we are in discussions with various parties, some obvious, some not so obvious. And I think a key part of our forward-looking process is to ensure that Golden Valley and Abitibi together benefit from that growth at Malardic.
0: Right, and obviously the resurgence of royalties as an investment class, we in a lot of new entrants coming in um, in the past 12 months. we a lot of there's a lot of companies sub, sub, sub hundred million um, at the moment, and it's very distracting uh, and it's very confusing for investors to kind of understand how uh, where where they should put their money, you know, how it works. Everyone's got a slightly different model. It, is there anything unique about the Abatibi royalty company that we need to be aware of, other than it's one big claim to fame? Um, well, yes, and thanks for framing the question that way. There certainly are a
1: number of new entrants into the royalty space every month, certainly, and the parade, if anything, has increased over the past year or so. Um, not all royalties are created equal, so, owning a royalty in the largest gold mine in North America is a good place to start. Um, I mentioned we have been shopping, so we're not just sitting back and hoping that Malardic continues to grow. We've been aggressively conducting due diligence, pretty much in every continent looking at different assets and not only precious metals, we've looked at different commodities as well. Um, But the other Royalty companies and our peers, many of them have focuses that are specific to certain continents, certain commodities, Certain streaming arrangements, we don't do streaming, so it's a pure uncapped net smelter royalty. Um, I think it's quite unique in that respect, and certainly uh, investors should be able to distinguish it fairly quickly, since all of the details about Abitibi royalties are contained on a very simple website, very simple marketing strategy
0: with a single asset company. To date, today, okay, so you. Again, people people do make similar claims to you in terms of being pure pure play, and some say, well, actually, you need the streaming to give you, uh, you know, a, a, a way a way of kind of spreading the risk, mitigating any 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 future problems down the line. So everyone's got their own angle, and everyone's solution is the best solution, obviously. But you know, ultimately, it's going to come down to cash and cash on cash performance of the company. That that's the way that you know you're gonna truly be defined and you know real fundamental growth comes rather than the kind of carnival barkers that we see, you know, in in the industry at the moment. So how how are you affecting that? Is is that important to you actually? Let's start with that. Cash flow. Well I've always looked at plan B.
1: So if plan A is a transaction that consists of both companies, then plan B would be something approaching status quo. So, if the royalties company does not do a transaction and just continues to exist, Plan B is not a disappointment if it results in continuing to receive royalty revenue, paying dividends, buying back um, its own shares, normal course issuer bid, all of the key parts of the strategy that is Abitivi Royalties' contemporary strategy. We do have a share buyback, we are paying dividends, and we are aggressively shopping, while. The royalty continues to grow or appears to grow based on results from the operators. So, I think we are in a bit of a unique space in that our royalty, the growth has exceeded expectations. Whatever wild prognostications we might have hoped when we staked the property, nobody could have pretended that they foresaw that there was 5 million or more ounces there. So, that one has really been quite gratifying to see. And certainly, Plan B would be sit back, cash those checks, and control the capital structure. Keep reducing the share count. Every time the
0: royalties company buys back its own shares, it increases Golden Valley's ownership. Yeah, but the, the, but duration and sustainability of the cash flow is important too, right? So five million ounces is fantastic, and you know Yamana and like Nico, I think, have talked about a nine-year extension of the underground. Minor, which is, which is all kind of good news and good, good rhetoric and noise around what you've got, um, but if people are buying into growth stories, they want to sort of understand, you know, you're, you're taking it. So I get Plan B, not bad, but let's go back to Plan A. So Plan A is, you know, how do you? Maintain a sustainable uh, growth story and you know durable growth story on the cash flow component to the royalty company, which does have such a bit, which you have a big bearing on and has such a big bearing on the valuation of you know Golden Valley Mines. Right. Well, the royalties
1: company has certainly um, you know enjoyed the benefit of the transaction that was done in two thousand and fourteen with Agnico and Yamana. So I should have perhaps described that a little bit better at the beginning. The nature of the transaction, the creation of the 3% royalty, came from a transaction that we did. This was Golden Valley Mines property that was spun out into Abitibi Royalties. So that property was the exclusive reason for the listing of Abitibi Royalties on the exchange. We received $35 million worth of Agnico Eagle and Yamana Gold in 2014, paid in their shares, half-half, 17.5 million from each. And we still hold most of that today because of gold prices, because of the market, general performance. The net worth of those shares is closer to 65 million that Abitibi Royalties holds today. So, although it's passive and a royalties company, it's not an operating gold mine, it's a royalties company. It also enjoys a very strong balance sheet, has continued to buy back its own shares. It uses those shares because both of those companies are cross listed in New York and Toronto. We have a covered calls option strategy that we use to generate additional income. And last year, I think that was in the range of $5 million in additional revenue beyond the royalty revenue from the open pit. And so, you know, those are things that have contributed to the growth of our story. It is a royalties company. It has been growing from multiple assets and multiple deposits at the Canadian Malartic project. There are at least five separate zones within that property to date. And you mentioned the extension of the mine life. Um, I believe they've extended it to 2039, based on the new development and the new announcement. Okay. Much of which will be in the core of our property. So that's all quite inspiring for Abitibi Royalties and. By definition, Golden Valley shareholders at the same time.
0: Okay, fantastic. Thanks for that correction on the on the timeline. Um, so, what do we let's get let's get back to what we talked about today, which is Golden Valley mines. You've talked you've talked about some of the things that you're going, you believe that you need to do to kind of fill that gap, as well, the valuation gap, um, timing on that. What you know, what else? What do you think are the things that are most important to do there? Because it, it, there's a lot of moving parts. They're all intertwined. It seems because you've created these other companies, Um, and I guess it's a little bit confusing for people to know where to focus and you know which one is the better bet, or 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 is it a case of all of the above? So you know, how do you fill this gap quickly so that people, your current shareholders, can say, you know what, I totally understand the model. I totally understand the timing here. I get what the upside is if if they get it right. Right. Well, let me describe it like this. So, the
1: royalties company, having moved from, I think it was 30 cents when we actually were listed, from 30 cents to north of $20, it does not attract the same type of shareholders as the most junior prospect generators in our world. So, there are other shareholders in our stable who are interested in, well, the next time you're going to do something, let us know what it is. We want to be there from the beginning. We don't want to pay. Over $20. We want to pay 15 cents for the shares. And so those are very different types of shareholders and investment strategies. And in our network, what we've tried to create is the opportunity for both. So the speculation isn't blind speculation, it's a very specific, focused exploration strategy in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt, focused on gold in Quebec and Ontario, concentrated on two known controlling structures to store porcupine fault zone, larger Cadillac fault zone, and certain testing of virgin geophysical anomalies. So we like those because that's where surprises come from. That's where discoveries come from. So we're not focused on old showings, old shafts, old pits. We're using new technology to focus on our experience and try to develop new discoveries for the subsidiaries, the prospect generators. The other thing we do at the subsidiaries is we try to create royalties. So we stake the property, now it's a liability. Now I have to find, my job is to find a joint venture partner so that they have to raise the capital and are subjected to the dilution. We try to run all of our companies with minimal dilution. and. So, the shareholder demographics are very different in the prospect generators than they are in the royalties company. And even Golden Valley. Golden Valley is the original company, it's 20 years old. The subsidiaries are about half that. So, they're prospecting, breaking rocks, testing original geological ideas in both Australia and Canada. And that's very different than the royalties company that is passive by design to manage its burn rate
0: and to control its share capital. It's all about the share capital for us. Okay. So you've got different investors who want different things, but you know, can you get lucky twice? Can you find another Malartic? You use the word surprising there. That's where the surprises come from. Or is it down to the skill set of your team? It's not a big team of finding another Malartic.
1: Right. Well, the I guess the best way to describe that is I don't know if we can do it again. I sure hope so. That's the purpose and that's why we get out of bed every day. Um, maybe at the introduction, I should have mentioned that the only other venture I've ever been involved in was called Canadian Royalties Inc., which was a company I incorporated in university and that is a producing mine in Canada, Nickel, Copper, Platinum Group Elements. Unfortunately for me and my shareholders, we lost it in a hostile takeover to a Chinese Nickel mining company. The lesson learned from that awful experience, sorted really, was to control the capital structure, hence the triple spin-out. So looking at Golden Valley's properties after the hostile takeover, I quickly deduced that I was at risk in being the person who would lose another project in a hostile takeover unless we took defensive and preemptive
0: measures. That was the purpose in the spin-up. Got it, I was going there. I wondered. Okay, um, I think that, that's really, that's really really interesting. Uh, so it's a defence mechanism, and but hence the-, the uh, And that's overlap. why we control yeah.
1: 45% directly yeah. with Golden Valley, and then you add my personal shares, the board, we're at 51
0: Okay, are you going to do anything else with the current structure of uh, Golden Valley Mines? Are we, are we doing share buybacks or are you just continuing to uh, top up your position?
1: Okay. Well, Golden Valley being the largest shareholder of Abitibi receives most of the dividend payments, which are in the range of about a million dollars a year. So a million dollars in a company the size of Golden Valley isn't enough to be material to do a second dividend to its own shareholders or to seriously consider a share buyback at this time. But those are the types of things we're certainly looking at on a quarterly basis, monitoring our cash flows and looking at the price of Gold, looking at the revenue generated from the covered call strategy and other ideas that are on the table. At the same time, we've complemented our original holdings by more than quintupling our Royalty holdings in Quebec in the area around uh, the Laronde mine, Agnico Eagle and the other Gold mines in Valdore and Malardic. So it's not just one property, it's in the range of 20 different properties and royalties that are now held by Abitibi royalties. And at the same time Golden Valley continues its strategy.
0: Okay, who are the other big shareholders in Golden Valley?
1: Well, the board of directors are the largest collectively owning 30%. Two Quebec government, three Quebec government institutions collectively own 10%. So that actually includes the largest pension fund in Canada, the Caisse de dépôt from Montreal. They're about a 5% shareholder and 2 other funds called FTQ and SIDEX more resource-based investment vehicles operated by the Quebec government supporting the mining industry. So the 3 of them collectively own about 10%. So Quebec government plus the board are 40% and the rest of it, because Golden Valley is a 20-year-old company, it's a very retail held company.
0: Yeah, okay, In- interesting. Um, well, like I appreciate your time today. It's a nice run through. I was trying to work out how this all fitted together, but the defense strategy that makes a lot of sense uh, given the history. Well, I
1: looked at the interview you did with uh, Dave Cole a few months back for yeah. EMX. I think yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, and it was
1: actually one of my shareholders that had uh, told me that he thought that you guys did a really good job. He and was right. So
0: I don't. Remember. Sorry, he was right.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh his name is Mike McCone. He lives in Vancouver and or as he says, lovely West Vancouver all the time. And um I'm sure that's quite true. But uh, Mike was quite impressed by the style and your delivery. And um, I don't remember how this contact was made, but somehow it was made over the past few weeks. And there you go. There you so go. very nice to meet you on the virtual. Format as well for the first time.
0: Indeed, and I appreciate you uh, getting up early, and getting in the office to speak to us. Um, well, stay like stay in touch. A really fascinating model, uh, interesting story, and obviously some uh, you know fun times ahead this year. I suspect.
1: Yeah, certainly hope so, and uh, look forward to having a Guinness and a bowl of curry with you sooner or later. Take care. Over and out.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CrocsCars?